Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Unscrewed is supported by the National Network of Abortion Funds who want you to know that the National Abortion Access Bullathon is back. Support your local abortion fund, meet awesome people, and have a badass time expanding abortion access. Seriously, I've been to these things. The one near me has karaoke also. It's a great time and it could not be for a better cause. Abortion funds are grassroots powered and more than ever before, if you care about abortion access, it's the year to show up and show our power. Fund your local event at bullathon.nnaf.org. That's bullathon.nnaf.org. I will see you out there. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another spare parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. How are you all doing? Are you enjoying the onset of spring in whatever climates you may be in that have spring? It's spring where I am and I'm really enjoying watching my little seedlings grow from seed and having the windows open and generally feeling that at least the weather feels optimistic. (laughs) I am not always feeling optimistic. April, in addition to being spring, is sexual assault awareness month, as some of you may know. I had a piece come out last week at Mike.com about how much I loathe the second A in SAAM, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, because awareness is a terrible goal, people. Awareness can be a useful tactic, but as a goal, it gets us nowhere. Everyone is aware of rape. It's after that that everything falls apart. So I really encourage you to go take a look at it. I'll put a link in the show notes at JacquelineFriedman.com slash unscrewed. Or you can go to Mike.com and just put in my name and you'll find it. But also, I just beseech you, if you are doing prevention work or if you're working with people who are doing sexual assault work, if somebody wants to do an awareness campaign, ask them why, right? Ask them, then what, Right. And if the goal is of the awareness campaign is just to raise awareness and not we want to create public pressures to pass this legislation or some other goal that raising public awareness is a tactic in support of, have a conversation with them. Awareness is like the online petition of activism, right? Like it feels like you did something and so you don't do any more things because you're like, I did the thing and then nothing fucking changes. So speaking of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, 
The first outtake I have for you from last week's show with Catherine Joyce, which was called Shouting Things They Used to Whisper, which was about the impact of the Christian rights attitudes about sex on all of our lives, no matter what our faith or not faith. I have an outtake from her talking about the troubling mainstream of what used to be fringe victim blaming narratives and how that is connected to the Christian rights approach to sex and sexual violence. Have a listen. Yeah, I've been doing some reporting around campus sexual assault and debates around that. And I feel like I am encountering arguments around women lying and making things up. Is that a far right Christian talking point that women lie about sex? Some of this stuff is so much just in the water that it's hard to segregate it from, you know, is this Christian right? Or is this just kind of American and and Western culture and, and global culture. Right. But I feel like, I guess what I've noticed is like the intensity that I only used to notice in covering the far right now seems um, a lot closer to the center. Interesting. Well, and certainly if your culture around sexuality is that women shouldn't be independently sexual, you know, your assumption is going to be if a woman has been independently sexual, she's going to feel ashamed and want to lie about it, right? That it's it's easy to get from point A to point B if your assumption inherently is like women and sex more or less equals sin. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's always been one of the more interesting things about that talking point to me is sort of the idea that like a woman would rather claim she was raped than admit that she had sex, which is only true if you are going to shame her for having sex. And then the corollary of that being, if a woman is going to claim that she's been raped, you're going to, you know, drag her before a panel and make her testify about all the times she has or hasn't had sex in the past. Um, So I feel like it works in reverse as well. There's that kind of punishment aspect of it. Right. You're going to guess you're going to sex shame her either way. Like what's the actual motivation here? So if you see the Christian rights influence around sexual violence or anywhere else, let me know. I always love hearing from listeners. Drop me a line on Twitter at Jacqueline F using the unscrewed hashtag or send me an email unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Let me know what you're thinking and what you're seeing. I have actually a second outtake from that conversation because there was just too much juicy good stuff in there for me to let it be. Um, This one was a piece of the narrative that I had a that we didn't have time for around adoption. You know, we talked about how the Christian rights narrative about sort of adoption is an easy substitute for abortion and how the left even has fallen for that very untrue line. Uh, But what we didn't have time to get into was that the idea that there are so many babies just waiting to be swept up by loving families who want to rescue them. And Catherine gets into that a little in this segment. Is there actually a crisis of children without families? Not in the way that it is popularly depicted. I mean, when people talk about that, they often use this phrase, the orphan crisis, which um, your fellow Bostonian E.J. Graff has written about this yeah. in wonderful ways. Um, she calls it, I think, the lie we love. And so it's it's this idea that there are hundreds of millions of orphaned children out in the developing world that are just waiting for Western, probably white, probably upper middle class families to go and adopt them. And if enough white Western families go and do this, then there's not going to be any more orphan crisis. 
I mean, part of the foundational problem with that is that 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 number, those that 143 million number that is tossed around a lot is a misrepresentation of an old UNICEF estimate of how many orphaned and vulnerable children there were. Oh. It, it categorized as orphaned any child who had lost one or both parents. So that would mean of, of all of your listeners, anybody who lost a parent, just one lost a mother or a father would be considered an orphan under that definition, which is obviously not how most people think about orphan in day-to-day parlance. So, I mean, like you're starting with this kind of miscategorization, um, but also there, the idea that swooping in to adopt a child out of uh, an impoverished situation is really going to do something to kind of systematically address this larger problem is pretty flawed in in a number of ways. Uh, It ends up bringing a lot of Western money into these contexts and that ends up creating, you know, local businesses. And then children just end up being relinquished for adoption because it's feeding in to uh, what becomes a bit of an industry in poor countries. Once again, thank you to Catherine Joyce. And if you like those two outtakes and you haven't listened to last week's episode shouting things they used to whisper, you know what to do. All right. We have a traditional listener advice question this week. But before I get to it, I also have a question for you from a listener. It is from listener Leilani who writes, I'd love to hear from listeners about whether their sex life has changed at all post-election. Is there anything different about our selections, experiences, our mates' behaviors, etc.? So I thought that was a really interesting question. And since Leilani posed it, I was like, I really want to hear that too. So listeners, how has your sex life changed post-election in any way, in any direction? Send in your answers. You can record yourself on video and send that in and we'll play it on the show. Or you can write in to unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. Or tweet at me using the unscrewed hashtag. I'm at JacquelineF as in Friedman on Twitter. Let me know. Let's have a conversation about it. And if I get enough responses, we will collate them into a future episode. But we do, as I said, have a more traditional listener advice question from listener Kara, who writes this. I'm a 25-year-old sex-positive female virgin, and I'm okay with that, but only because of how insecure I am about my body. The first and only guy I ever got naked for in a threesome during my freshman year of college told me that I should, quote, really shave all that because it's just easier talking about my pubic hair. His girlfriend, who was also there, was as smooth and hairless as a porn star. Now, there are certain cosmetic changes I'm more than happy to make for a guy, but ripping all the hair off my nether regions with hot wax is not one of them. In the seven years since then, I've dated a few guys, but I've never taken my pants off for them because I've had that advice rattling around in the back of my skull and I can't get over the feeling that I just look wrong naked. So my question to you is, do most women actually go hairless down below? And is that something my future partners will expect? You, you don't look wrong down there. <laughs> Your body's not wrong. That, that is not universal. Yeah, look. I can't speak to what your sex partners will expect. Maybe you will encounter other sex partners who expect you to be shaved, but that's about them and not about you. Yeah, I would totally echo what Catherine said like perfectly, which is your body's not wrong. If you want to do stuff with your pubic hair, that's great. And if you don't, you just need sex partners who are cool with that or maybe even like it. Um, And there are plenty of them out there. Men, women, people of all genders have wide varieties of preferences. So don't let that one douchebag like 
shape your whole life. Hear us in your head instead. This does. I mean, look, I feel for you. Catherine, I will tell an embarrassing story, which is when I was in my early 20s, I went out on a date with this woman who invited me. It was like the second date. And we went and met up with some of her friends at a bar and we're sitting around like shooting the shit. And literally one of my date's friends leaned in and, and asked me if I trimmed. And I literally didn't know what she was talking about. I honestly didn't know that anyone did anything with their pubic hair. It just sort of grew and it was fine with me. <laughs> and I was mortified. But I, I, they had to sort of tell me what they were talking about and like basically treated me like I was a hilarious rube. And I was completely mortified. Aww. So it's not even just guys, unfortunately, who will do this shit to you. But, you know, since then I've tried varieties of configurations just out of curiosity and found something that works for me and that is what I advise you to do like figure out what you like and find partners who like your body the way it is I I think that that is the right advice and definitely it's not look I don't have statistics like I don't know what the quote-unquote norm is but like I sort of don't give a shit there are definitely plenty of women who don't shave or who just trim or, you know, who have bush down there in one way or another. Don't let anyone tell you that every other woman besides you on the planet shaves. It's just not true. And if you want help from me and a future guest with any of your sex or sexuality advice questions, you know what to do. Unscrewedatjacklinefoom.com. Love hearing from you. That's all we have time for this week. You can find Unscrewed wherever fine podcasts are available. iTunes, Acast, Stitcher. If there's somewhere you'd like to listen to your podcast and we are not appearing, let me know and I'll fix it. While you're in iTunes, please, please give us five stars. Give us like a two sentence review. It is the best way to help other people find the show and, and, and connect with the show. You can also just evangelize yourself. Use the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. Use social media. Just tell folks, hey, you should be listening to the show. It makes my day so happy when I see listeners do that. If you have ideas, thoughts about how the show could be better or topics you'd like to see us cover or guests you'd like to have us have on, also hit me up about that, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. This show is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music, which should be kicking in right about now, is by The Pink Tiles. And our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you all safe and happy sex lives. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.